Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star here in our packed out compass room in the theater up in the chapel and all of you watching online. We are so glad you all got out to be here today. Before we do anything else, are we done with the cold weather? We got to go. How many of y'all just say, we need some sun? Y'all need some sun and warm. Would y'all just let the Lord pray hard this afternoon and say, God, we need some heat. We need some heat this week, but I'm really, really glad you're here. I want you to do me a favor. Mark chapter two, where we just read in our rooms is where we're gonna sit for a few minutes. If you've got the North Star Church app, that's gonna be the easiest way for you to follow along is in the app. All the notes are there, northstarchurch.org or North Star Church Georgia in the app store is where we're gonna sit for the next few minutes. This is one of my favorite stories in all of scripture. And it's my favorite for a lot of reasons. One is the tenacity of the guys that carried. One was the poor homeowner who, who I don't know how you file that on your homeowner's claim, but the poor homeowner who is dealing with an open roof. But there's a story behind the story. And I think we all set in the middle of it. So before we dive in, let me say two things. Number one, today's a two-parter. So when I get to the middle um, and I pray, don't leave and go to IHOP, all right? And so we still got a little bit to cover, all right? So don't, you, you can't get in line before me here, all right? Number two, today is the beginning of what I believe is the most important journey we've ever been on in our 26-year history as a church. And it all begins in the story because the story captures it. You have a paralyzed guy. We don't know how. We don't know if it was from birth. So know this, anybody who was paralyzed back during this time, many people would assume it was because of sin in their life. That does not necessarily mean that's true, but that was the assumption of the day which would isolate people. So the story picks up that four friends go get their buddy who's paralyzed. He has no ability to get to where Jesus is by himself. But when they get there, point number one, they find limited space, limited space. So let me tell you about a house during this time. It's pretty easy. Real estate, Zillow would have actually worked really well back then because here, here was a normal house. You walked in the door to the left, there would be like a den area and then there would be a little kitchen area and then there would be a curtain back where the bedroom would be. That was the house, okay? That's what a house would consist of. On the outside of the house, there would be a little stairwell that would go up on the outside of the house to like a mud thatch roof, okay? And that, that little roof would have a little pitch to it to roll the water off of it, but that was a normal house back during that day. Here's what was abnormal. Jesus was in the house and everybody showed up 
to be near where Jesus was. Why? Because Jesus was doing miracles. Jesus is healing people. Jesus is casting out demons. Jesus is helping blind people see. And he's helping deaf people hear. And he's helping crippled people walk. Therefore, wherever Jesus went, a crowd would follow. And on this day, they're all in the room. Know this. The numbers of people limited to hearing Jesus were limited by the walls of this house. It was full. Literally every part of that main level. In fact, the story captures it in verse four and says, they couldn't bring their friend to Jesus because of the crowd. So you got the picture. This guy on the mat, literally meaning he lived on the mat he had no ability to get to Jesus except for four friends who decided that day they were tired of seeing their friend on a mat and a guy named Jesus is in town and he can do something about it. They pick up the mat, they bring him and they get there and the place is full. They can't get to him. They can't get near him because of the crowd in the house. And here's the deal, the crowd was a great thing. All these people probably needed to be there too. But the story of our guy could get in the room. Room was too full. The space was limited. And if he had had another group of friends, it could have turned out very differently. Second thing, number two, he had caring friends. This guy had friends that wouldn't take the answer of no well. These guys cared so much for their friend, they were gonna do something. They brought him all this way. We don't know how far they traveled. We don't know if it was like next door. We don't know if it was three communities away. We don't know. All we know is this guy laying on a mat has no ability to get to Jesus except for these four guys and they all grab an end of his mat and they carry him and when they find out the room is full, that answer just ain't gonna work because look at what scripture says. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They knew they couldn't heal their friend and the only one that could was Jesus. Here's what we don't know. We don't know when the paralyzed guy got up that morning if he had given up hope. He got up and went, today's just another day. Staring at my ceiling. Back during that time, you were not really considered part of society because of sin they thought you had in your life, and so you were sort of extricated from society. We don't know if this guy was on his last dose of hope. I want you to write this little thought down under number two. Hope only works if it gets there in time. This past fall, Ann and I went to a 
a conference with a, a company or group called Convoy of Hope and the founder of Convoy of Hope, they send relief all over the world and he made that statement. I remember it was one of those statements you're like, man, hope only works if it gets there in time. Thankfully for this guy, it got there in time. These four friends come walking in when the rest of the world seem to have walked out. Don't you hope you got friends like these? These friends that just wouldn't quit. These friends that just wouldn't stop. These friends that wouldn't take no for an answer. And number three, these friends that had a whatever it takes attitude. Because they get to the door and they're like, dude, man, sorry. Jesus, uh, the room's full. Show sold out. You're going to have to catch him next time he's in town, right? So they're looking at their little calendar, find out when the Jesus tour is coming back to Capernaum. And and they're looking at it, trying to figure out when he's coming back. But they weren't going to leave with this guy. Now, we always think, well, it was probably 65, and they just carry him home and come back. Hey, listen, it may have been 13 there that day. We don't know. But these guys are like, we worked way too hard to get him here. And can you see the first one that spies the stairwell on the side of the, the, the side of the house? And these jokers went, you want to? Yeah, I'll do it. All right, you up for it? Yeah, I'll do it. Can you imagine the poor guy on the mat that got carried up like this, up the side stairwell, up to the roof of that house? So Jesus is in the room, he's teaching, and these old jokers on the outside, they've crawled up there, and they not just get their friend to the roof, they begin to peel back that mud, peel back that thatch, and they take ropes. This is the craziest thing. Can you imagine being in the chapel or imagine being here in Compass or in the theater right now? And while I'm sitting here talking to you, an old boy just starts getting lowered down from the roof while we're talking. Now, if you sat in this room in Compass long enough, it sounds like somebody's coming through the roof because it's cracking all the time. But can you imagine a guy getting lowered? And here's Jesus, and he's in the middle of teaching. This old boy on the mat who doesn't know what it's like to walk, gets lowered down in the room. And can you imagine his four old bubbas up top looking in, all right? They're, they're just staring down. And their friends, they had no idea what they were gonna do to get him back out. I don't think they had any intentions. I think they thought he was gonna walk on his way out. And this guy gets lowered down in the room because of four friends that wouldn't quit on him. They had a whatever-it-takes attitude. These guys showed up in the nick of time. People may be done with God, but it doesn't mean that God's done with them. And this guy found out that day God wasn't done with him. Can you imagine a room full of people? You are dropped down in the middle of the room. And Jesus stops what he's saying. And he looks at the guy on the mat and he utters these words. Listen to what he says. Your sins are forgiven because of their faith. Hello. Not the guy on the mat's faith. 
but the friend's faith. I don't think these guys brought him there to get his sins forgiven. They brought him there so he could get up and what? But here's the problem. If you get up and walk and your sins are never forgiven, you have no hope for what's to come. Final point of today is this. The greatest need in our community is forgiveness. And that guy, that day, not only changed his eternity, he changed his here and now because Jesus said, well, so is it, I can't forgive a sin, so I'll just tell him to get up and take up your mat and walk. And that guy got up and walked out. And he got home in time to watch the Packers-Lions game that afternoon. All right, he got up, got out of there. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world full of people on mats. They just may not be a physical mat but they're equally as hopeless. They've lost hope that God loves them. They've lost hope God cares for them. They've lost hope for their marriage, for their family, for their kids, for their future. Until they have some friends show up that look like you. Would you pray with me? Father, I don't know who got here today because somebody carried them. They physically drove by and picked them up because it was the only way that person was gonna come. And today they found out that you weren't done with them either. The quietness of this moment, if that's you, did you just tell Jesus, I need you? I believe you live for me, and Jesus, I'm just crying out to you today to come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. Father, what I love is the story that happened in that little house 2,000 years ago with roofs still dropping in on them is the same story that happens today. You forgive, you heal, and you give hope. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Maybe today that's your story. That little card and the seat back in front of you our host told us about earlier, if you'll take that out, put your name on there, an email or cell phone number, and you can drop it in a live sent box on the way out. Which brings us to today. We live in a world of people that still need Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. 26 years ago, 27 years ago actually, a group of mat carriers met up at a little house in Ackworth, Georgia and began to pray for your nameless face. They didn't know your name, they didn't know your story, they didn't know your family, but they prayed on a little floor in a den here in Ackworth for you. And they grabbed the mat so you and I could sit here today. We sit in this room today and in the theater today and in the chapel today and watch you online today because they saw you.
and they had the most whatever it takes attitude you've ever seen. That little group of people we got connected with that fall, Ike and I did, and we started North Star, January of 97. 365 people showed up to the Days Inn Conference Center and, and the rest is history. We moved to North Cobb, they created space. And then that little group of people, it's the craziest thing, they bought 40 acres of land built this building that we sit in right now. That group, that little group that grew to a couple hundred, built this building. How many of you would say when you started coming to North Star, you had gotten disconnected with church or you weren't going to church at all? If that's your story, would you raise your hand? They built it for you. And crazy, that was a long time ago. 2000, we moved in this building. 2007, we had students meeting all over the area. We built True North. And that was the last building we built, 2007. And North Star paid off for debt in 2018. Life was great. Life was easy. In fact, I would tell you this. So North Star is in the top half, top one, top half of the top 1% of churches in America. Size, baptisms, blah, blah, blah. It's great. It's awesome. But I, as your fearless leader or fearful leader at times, but anyway, so I, as your leader, got the most dangerous word, comfortable. Comfortable. Because things are great. Paid off the debt. I'm 50-something years old. I'm not looking for new challenges, right? And so uh, we're comfortable. And I remember being in a board meeting and a guy was praying and he he said, we're gonna grab onto Jesus and not let go. And I'm like, Phew. I hadn't prayed like that in a while. There's praying and then there's desperate praying. Y'all know the difference? If you don't, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, because you'll find out one day. There's different. And uh, I remember calling home and telling our staff, we need, to, we need to grab onto Jesus harder, stronger. We're praying, but we need to pray harder. We did Started the springs, God began to start moving in a different way here at North Star. At the end, we said we need to add three services. And now, 1010, there ain't no more room in the end, right? And chapel, theater's full, 1130's gonna be packed. It's crazy. Right now, we're averaging 250 more adults a week than we were this time last year. A lot of people. That's a crazy number of people. Last summer, I was on a phone call with a pastor, and he said this. He said, Mike, and he was talking to my podcast audience, which maybe like one or two. But anyway, so he was talking to whoever listens, wherever that number may be. And, and he said, Mike, if your prayers don't intimidate you, they're an insult to God. You ever hear something and you're like, that wasn't for anybody else, that was for me? Has that ever happened to y'all before? That was for me. And I knew if we didn't do something, I was gonna be disobedient. And that's why we're here today. You didn't get to sit in the, den of that home in 1996, but you get to sit on Blue Springs Road in 2024, and we've got an opportunity to do something that they did. 
We're launching, beginning today, a campaign over the next four weeks called Whatever It Takes. Because the boldness of those people is the boldness we need. Guys, 80,000 people live within 15 minutes of this church and don't go to church anywhere. 80,000 people. And some of them are your neighbors and my neighbors and my friends. And look around. We keep loving God, keep loving people, but please do not live sent because we ain't got anywhere to put them. Just to be honest. And today, we're gonna do something about it. We're gonna grab the mat and we're gonna start moving. In this room, in Compass, we're gonna add a 255 seat balcony in this room and reorient this room that'll get this room to right at 1,000 seats. We will pick up from where we're at now a little over 300 seats in this room. Why? So you can invite your friend and I can invite my friends and we don't have to go, sorry, man, there's no room for you. Second thing we're gonna do is we're gonna put a lobby on this building. So here's a little visual of what the campus is gonna look like. There's the lower parking lot there. There's the lobby. It will be so amazing when you invite a friend to North Star and say, meet me, and you're not playing Where's Waldo for the next three hours trying to find them somewhere in the building. I'm in the back. Well, I'm in the front. Well, where's the front? I don't know. All right, and so we're actually gonna have a place that makes sense, right? And so it'll be a great lobby. But here's the part that I want you to remember. It's not just for Sundays. Over 50,000 people a week, a week, a year, come through this campus. 50,000 banquets, meetings, organizations. How many of y'all have ever attended another event at North Star that wasn't a church service? Raise your hand. You, got, you left your potato salad on the floor, right? I mean, so we've all been here. So now this gives us, this is a side shot of that lobby, looking at it from the bridge side. And what it does is it gives us a place to make North Star feel like home. And not, hey, we're really glad you're here. Could you leave now so we can get the next group of people in? So, and that's what it feels like at times. And it gives us that spot. But that's not the key to our whatever it takes campaign. The key to whatever it takes campaign is this building. And there's the picture of the inside lobby, which is amazing. But it's a 10,000 square foot kids building that will go on the bridge side. So if you come across the bridge, it will run alongside Compass. There's a picture looking at it from the what we know now as the Circle Drive. And it will be a designated kids building. Why? Our building right now, two weeks ago, at this hour, every children's room on our campus closed. Closed. Why? Because they were full. The building we're in right now is the same building my kids grew up in and my son's about to turn 30 and my daughter's turning 27. And our area didn't look anything like it looked 
in 2000. Can we agree with that? There's a lot of people out here, and most of them live on Cedar Crest Road. It's an amazing thing, and so it's crazy how the area's growing. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't stand the thought that you invited your friend and they couldn't get in the room. And I talked to our hospitality team and they're like, Mike, we do everything we can, but some people, when they don't, there's no room, they leave. And here's the thing, I don't know if there are people who say God's given up on me because that church gave up on me. I can't stand it. And today we're gonna begin a campaign to do something about it. And we get to grab the mat and we get to do something for their future. Somebody believed in you before you knew that somebody. You know, it's ironic. I think back to that early group. Most of the people in that early prayer group, they didn't even have kids. Their kids were grown. But they did it because you do. And I truly think they saw you sitting here. Most, many of them have gone home to be with the Lord now. Both my kids were baptized here. My daughter was saved here. I'm eternally indebted to a group of Mac carriers who came before us. I want everybody to look at me. Somebody in the future is counting on you to grab your side of the map to help them find their way home. You don't know their name. I'm not gonna have another child walk through this building. That kid's building, ain't gonna happen. May have a grandchild, maybe. All right, well, that's gonna work out. I have any control over that. But they might be your grandchildren and your neighbor's kids Ann and I, so I'm just gonna tell you where we're at. Ann and I are gonna do the largest gift we've ever given. Not something I was planning on doing. 54. Dude, I'm counting pennies now. You know what I'm talking about. I'm getting to the, I'm on the uh, fourth quarters up. It's going. But I want somebody to say, Hey, that group did whatever it took to get me here. We were meeting with a group of folks and a good friend here, Steve Reese. He said, Mike, when I think about it, I I remember an old quote, societies grow great when old men plant trees under whose shade they shall never sit. Today, we're going to plant some trees. I may get to enjoy the shade, but your kids will, and your grandkids will. If we don't, we're full. And I just can't do that. We've got to create space. We've got to pull, we gotta pull the roof off and get our friends in.
I've grabbed my corner of the mat. I'm inviting you today to grab yours. We're going to tell you over the next few weeks what all that's about. We're going to be shooting to raise $12 million. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Our budget's 5.2. This will give you just an idea. Seven families have already committed over $500,000 from seven families. It's going to happen. I hope it happens with all of us. On February 25th, we gather up and celebrate what it means to help people find their way home. Would you pray with me? Father, I remember leaving a secure job at a place I loved to begin a church that I at that point, we didn't even have a name for it. But I had no doubt it was what we were supposed to do. Father, I remember Anne being pregnant with Mary Michael and her asking me, are we going to get insurance? I, I, I remember saying, I, I don't know. And I remember her distinctly saying, it's all going to be good. And God, it has been. 26 years it has been. Father, as confident as I felt and what I couldn't see then, I feel even more confident about what I can't physically see now. But God, I see it in my heart. Yet I see hundreds and hundreds of kids every hour walk into a space that was meant for them. God, I see neighbors inviting neighbors and meeting up in that lobby and having a seat in the room because we were willing to do whatever it took. God, 25 years from now, I hear stories being told that I probably will not be here to hear of the faithfulness of mat carriers who, though they didn't know their name, believed in their story. God, I'm going to give because I know we live in a world of people that think that you've given up on them. And God, the reality is you never have and you never will. And we're going to do our part to make heaven a little bigger. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said...